Hello again, everybody, and welcome to uh, another uh, edition of Karate Cafe's podcast. Uh, my name is Gene Myers. I'm a student of uh, Shorin Ru, Shorin Khan Karate, uh, and I'm joined by my uh, fellow students, Pete and Marie Shambaugh. Are you di- how are you guys doing tonight? Fine. Good, thanks. Good. Uh, we usually do our podcasts on Sunday, but today is Thursday, December 22nd, uh, 7.05 p.m., and... Um, I don't know. We 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 missed last week, uh, but we didn't want to go a full another week without a without a, pa- a podcast. So uh, so we'll do one tonight, and maybe we can get back on schedule next week. Um, anything new with you guys? Not really. Just uh, working. I actually went to class on Monday. Um, worked out. Got a real good workout. Uh, kind of hurt my shoulder, but I'll get over it. Marie worked out yet uh, this morning. You guys coming to class tomorrow night? Definitely. And the meeting after. Oh, okay. Well, I, I might have to go to the meeting. <laughs> it's a p- imperative. Haven't been to the meeting in a while. Mm. Well, what we do is uh, after after a black belt class on Friday nights, we go to a local tavern and, and just eat junk food and drink beer and, and talk about all kinds of different stuff. Uh, so... But uh, oh, well, I'm glad to hear that you guys have uh, been training this week. I haven't been this week. Things have been uh, kind of hectic for me, but uh, I'll be there tomorrow night. Um, we thought that maybe we would talk a little bit tonight about um, conditioning in class, uh, reading the different martial arts forums on, on the Internet. Uh, we see that there are some students who do lots of push-ups and crunches and, and uh, uh, you know, uh, deep knee bend squats and, and all kinds of calisthenics during class. And then there are others who hardly do any at all. Uh, so we just thought we'd kind of talk about that uh, topic a little bit. And, uh, and hopefully if anybody has some thoughts or comments, they, they can uh, either post on the forum or email us at karatecafe at gmail.com. So, uh, having said all that, why don't you guys uh, give us a little uh, uh, statement about your opinion on conditioning during class? Well, um, there, there's a lot of um, variables on this. Now, how long is, is a class? Um, in our dojo, classes are 45 minutes to an hour. Um, some of the upper belt classes are, are a little over an hour. Um, we spend at least Monday night... I, I, Intentionally looked at the clock on Monday. I also led the the warm ups. We spent 15 minutes on uh, on on um, conditioning warm ups. We did push ups, sit ups, stretches. Um, <clears throat> I think a lot of how much conditioning you do inside the dojo depends on how much material you have to, to cover um, in your style. I mean, uh, we typically do. 20 or 30 push-ups, 20 or 30 uh, sit-ups, and do stretching before that, obviously, and then um, then go into our uh, our basics. Mm-hmm. So is that enough, too much, not enough? What do you think? Well, personally, um, I'd rather have more karate um, just because um, sometimes you can do too much and strain muscles that you know are probably uh, um, needed for a lot of the motions we have to do. Um, sometimes I find um, you know uh, sit-ups or anything, um, especially on the the dojo floor, um, tends to like hurt my tailbone or something like that. Um, but I'd rather do more um, 
one thing we did do um, one day, uh, Thursday morning, we did a uh, bunch of rising blocks with weights, which um, did help quite a bit. Um, it, it put me through the motions of, uh, you know, of, uh, of going through my blocks and going through my, uh, you know, uh, um, karate moves, but it also helped as far as, you know, helped my form and helped, uh, you know, my endurance. Mm-hmm. That I thought was was very worthwhile. Um, sit-ups and push-ups per se, um, those deep knee bends and the thrusts and the, um, what do you call those uh, um, things that you, uh, the Hindu? Oh, Hindu squats? <laughs> Um, I don't know if I see relevance in it for, for martial arts training. Um, well, the relevance is that a, a well-conditioned martial artist is better able to survive a violent encounter on the street than, than one who's not well-conditioned, uh, all the other things being equal. So my own personal feeling is that you want to do that kind of stuff for a warm-up, that's fine. It's not necessary, but it's a good reminder to your students that they should probably be doing some kind of conditioning outside the dojo. Right. Um, if you're just going to get all your conditioning from your uh, karate class or whatever martial arts style you do, um, that's not going to be enough. You know. Um, but a- as a basic warm up, I-, I think it's I think it's okay. Uh, but there are also uh, schools that'll have their uh, have their students sit in kibadach horse stance, deep horse stance for, you know, uh, you know, 10, 15, 20 minutes at a time, throwing punches, that kind of stuff. You know, that's that's real old school, very traditional. And, you know, the argument will be, well, they're building up their leg muscles while they're practicing their karate. Uh, uh, much like what you were kind of going through this morning, Marie, with, mm-hmm. the, uh, with the hand weights, you're doing resistance training right. while working on your form. Um, you want to be careful you don't do that very quickly. You've got to go very slowly when right. you're holding weights in your hands when you, when you do that kind of stuff. There's, there's a significant risk for injury if you, if you uh, do those very quickly. Um, but so I think I'm hearing that you guys are okay with a little bit of conditioning, some push-ups, uh, calisthenic kind of stuff at the beginning of class as a warm-up, but that should be, that should be pretty much about it. Well, yeah, um, you know, maybe this gets into um, another topic that we'd like to cover one day, but I think if you do more than that, then then maybe you're you're not doing a martial art that is really an art. Maybe you're doing um, a sport art, a sport martial art. Um, You know, in in our style and in the several styles I've studied, you, you spend a lot of time covering the material within the style. I mean, if you have room for a lot of conditioning, then maybe there isn't a lot of material for you to study. Well, I'm conditioning right now even as we're podcasting. <laughs> Eight ounces at a time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. um, that conditioning yeah, we approve of. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I mean, it's it, it's good for students, I think, you know, to uh, uh, to do some some push-ups, you know, squats, sit-ups at the beginning of class. It gets the blood flowing. It, it loosens up the muscles and the tendons and the ligaments and so that you're, uh, you're better able to, uh, you know, to get a good workout from class. But, you know, that, that brings me to another thought. You can actually do some conditioning while you're participating in your karate, right? Oh, definitely, definitely. 
uh, it like, for example, um, kata. Uh, kata should be done with uh, a, a great deal of enthusiasm, you know, and uh, you should be, you know, uh, getting a good workout from kata. And there are some katas, you know, Kusan Kudai comes to mind, and uh, that, you know, leaves me breathless every time. Uh, that's the way it should be done. And when I see people that just kind of look like they're dancing, just going through the motions and no sweat, no heavy breathing at the end of a, a kata, it, it makes me crazy. Interesting. I found that if I could do kusankudai slower, I'm more. Uh, it's more of a workout for me than than, than trying to do it um, at a, at a faster at a faster pace because I'm I'm concentrating on each move and I'm I'm tensing and relaxing in between moves. Yeah. Well, I mean, if you're doing it fast, okay, um, I think that for a lot of people, uh, technique tends to suffer, but you do get a good aerobic workout for that one, you know, brief period of time. But you don't have to do it fast to get a good workout. Like you say, you know, tensing and relaxing your muscles, you know, uh, it, it kind of has a rhythm to it, and, and you use your muscles according to the rhythm. And, and you make an effort, like when you punch, you put a good, solid effort in the punch and your blocks and your kicks, whatever is called for in the kata. Um, by the end of that kata, you should, you should feel it. You should be a little tired. You should feel, you know, some of your muscles. And um, you can get a good workout just from doing kata. Yeah, I, I agree. Um, well, <laughs> lost, lost my train of thought there for a second. Okay. Um, then another another thing you can do is bag work. Okay, bag work will help you. Uh, not only will you get a good workout from bag work, um, but your techniques will improve. You'll gain power in your in your punches and kicks. Um, and you know, I mean, now I have a heavy bag downstairs, and uh, a couple, two or three days a week, I'll do three two-minute rounds with it. And that doesn't sound like much, but I'm telling you, at the end of that, that third round, I'm spent. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Two minutes can be a long time. Yeah, um, and it'll, it'll, it's a good workout. And now, you know, that, and that's only really six minutes out of your class time. If your class is, say, an hour long, you know, that's not too bad. And it still gives you a good workout, and you're still getting your karate training uh, besides. Well, I do prefer to do strikes and, and kicks on bags instead of in the air. Um, you don't really get a true sense of it when you're just, uh, you know, um, doing kicks, um, you know, just uh, practicing, like, you know, okay, right foot forward, front kick. Um, it's much better when um, we have bags or, uh, you know, the the, um, the focus bags or uh, any of the, um, the big, um, you know, the, the big um, medicine bag we have, you know, those kind of things. Um, it because at least you can feel what it's like. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you're right. But I mean, get, doing techniques in the air is to get the technique down. You know, to practice the technique, see how it looks. You know, and and uh, it, to develop like a muscle memory, mm -hmm. so that when when you do strike the heavy bag, and if you don't strike it right, you know, it's going to hurt. Right. It'll bite back. You know. Uh, once, once the student has uh, some proficiency at, at punching and kicking in the air, then they can go on to the bags. I like to use a lighter bag, like for punch club. We'll use a lighter bag, 
you know, like focus mitts or something like that, or handbags, um, and and the kids will, will punch them. And then after their punches are good uh, against those bags, then we can go to something heavier, you know. But yeah, you can get a very good workout on a heavy bag. Yeah, absolutely. So you're saying conditioning within training. Conditioning right during during class. You should be conditioning during class. It doesn't have to take the form of push-ups and and uh, Hindu right. squats and, right. and sit-ups or anything like that. But there, you should be. Class is not only just to learn techniques and to to analyze the techniques and to learn about the art. But if you're doing uh, something that you know well, like say you know pasai uh, show. Uh, Pasai Dai, Kusan Kusho, any of those katas, you know, you should be putting maximum effort in, but just like Pete was saying, you know, it has a rhythm of its own, and um, there are times where where you uh, you strike with enthusiasm, let's say, and there are other times where you relax, and, and uh, you know, and, and you look for quickness and stuff, you're looking for balance, you know, uh, and it, it should be it should be a good workout. Karate class should be a good workout. Well, I've learned from one of our senior students, um, who he also is a practitioner in Goju-ru. Um, we do Shoin-ru. And while we tend not to stress hard-soft, I've seen him do Goju-ru katas that stress very much hard-soft. And I've, I've tried to learn, I've tried to incorporate some of that into when I do a kata. Yeah, yeah. That's uh, Sensei Ernie. And uh, he does uh, uh, Goju katas very nice. Um, one in particular that he does quite a bit is is, uh, is it uh, Sanchin? Yeah. That's the breathing intention kata, which is also the first two hakutsurus from White Crane. They're they're both breathing intention katas, and that's conditioning there too. You know, you tense those muscles up as you're doing as you're doing the kata, and it's it's developing uh, it's developing your muscles. I think you know if you're by conditioning, you mean getting an aerobic workout. I think you can do that at an overall during class um, without raising your heart rate, you know, up and down inside katas by going through them fast. I did just well, overall during class raise your heart rate. Um, well, yeah. I'm, I'm sorry, Pete. I was just going to say that is the definition of aerobic conditioning is to raise your heart rate for a certain, you know, uh, length of time. But I mean do it un unintentionally. Instead of saying, well, I'm going to do this to raise my heart rate, I think – it almost it happens as a byproduct of having a a, a class where you focus on on uh, doing the katas properly. It can be that way. You're right. If if you're doing it correctly, if you're training with the uh, proper enthusiasm, you know. I mean, again, you know, I've seen students who just walk through a kata like they're dancing, and you know, at the end of the kata, they're not breathing heavy. There's they're they're not perspiring. You know, and, and it's just like, uh, you know, it's like a walk through the park for them. And then there are others who finish the same kata, and they're, you know, out of breath, and you can see them sweat. And you can tell who's really training and who's, who's just going through the motions. But some people see this as a, um, you know, as, as a dance. Um, and I, 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 I can see... Arcadas from that standpoint as well, although I try to do more with it. But they see it as just a series of moves. They 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 haven't really studied the inside of a kata or the inside of the arts. They just they come to class and you know they get what they want out of it. They just uh, practice the moves. Well, most of the people that 
that just kind of go through the motions, like I say, are aren't uh, aren't of a Don rank. You know, they're not Don ranks. Uh, yeah, and, and they have a lot to learn about it. I, I would say, to be to be perfectly honest, I would say I was one of those people that just did it as a dance until I got my Don. I be, well, partly because I I started seeing things inside the kata that I, I hadn't seen before. And it, you know, maybe that's what it takes, but it's it's not a dance. And I mean, it doesn't even look like. I mean, you know, when you're blocking and punching, that that's those aren't dance moves. You know, it's not Saturday Night Fever when you're doing you know one of those katas. Yeah. You, you can tell. And and when you're punching and blocking, you should be punching and blocking like somebody was actually attacking you. You know, I mean, uh, I don't know how many times uh, uh, Sensei Tony has said, and and uh, Shihan Druin would say. Um, you know, you got to imagine you're being attacked when you're doing a kata. You know, and that's the level of enthusiasm you should bring to the kata. You know, if you're bringing anything less than that, then you're not, you're really not getting any benefit out of it. Mm -hmm. You know? Mm. And and by doing that, you're, you're conditioning. Yeah, so basically what we're saying, what we've pretty much come to the conclusion of in, the, in, in tonight's podcast is that conditioning can be incorporated and probably for our style anyway should be incorporated in class in the training of the art yeah absolutely wouldn't you agree marie yeah um i just wanted to know what is your opinion on using things like uh, maka war boards and stuff for conditioning very important i mean if, if you're if you're going to use a maka war okay personally i'm a little too old for that you know but you can get many of the same benefits by hitting a heavy bag. Um, and I like the standing heavy bags, like the Wave Masters. Right. Uh, the, 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 uh, the swinging heavy bags, you know, um, they're, they're okay, but I don't think you get quite the same benefit, you know. Well, you get a uh, timing benefit out of those. Yeah, that, and that's something different. But as, as far as, like, developing strength and in, in, in power in, in your punches. techniques... In, in punches or something like that. I mean, the Makawara, I mean, if you don't hit it right, you hurt. Same thing with a heavy bag. Right. T try hitting. A lot of times what happens is when, when a new student hits a heavy bag, their their um, their wrist will collapse, you know, it'll their, and their, their fist will go down, okay, and that hurts. They mm -hmm. hurt the wrist that way. Or go up, you know, uh, and they're, they're not... Uh, they're not loading the punch right. They're not delivering it right, and so you know the the bag will bite back if you uh, if you hit it wrong. But a heavy bag is a good way to develop your uh, your fists, your and your techniques. And when you hit a heavy bag, you know to do it right, not only should you wrap your hands, but you should wear some kind of a bag glove over it. You know, and uh, until your hands get uh, so conditioned, you know, right. that, that you can, even then, you know, I mean, like when I hit my heavy bag, I'll wrap my hands and I'll have a, a bag glove over it or I'll just use hand wraps, you know. Once in a while I'll go just with like, uh, you know, nothing on my hands, but you can, you can really damage your hands unless you got some padding there. On a similar note, um, what do you, what's your opinion on, uh, using uh, boards, breaking boards, breaking bricks um, for conditioning technique? Um, I don't know. I'm, I'm not 
I'm not crazy about that. I mean, I think it's, uh, my, in my own opinion, and I don't know much. God knows I don't know much. But what little I do know, it's like, okay, it's good for focus. It's good to build confidence in, in your technique, in the power of your technique. You know, I mean, it, it, it feels really good to go through three or four boards. You know, I'll tell you, my take on, on breaking boards, um, I like doing it. But I think it's more of a confidence builder. It's just you walk away when you break one, two, three, four boards. You walk away saying, well, I know I can do it. If I can break a board, I know that I can break other things if necessary. Sure. I mean, it doesn't take much. Now, the, just real quick, the, the technique I like to use to break boards is a hammer fist. Okay, that's my favorite breaking technique. And, and uh, if, if I hit somebody with a hammer fist... On their uh, on their clavicle, you know, I'll break their collarbone. You know, mm -hmm. if I get the same power behind that technique as I would uh, a similar technique, like I'm breaking uh, breaking boards, you know. So it does. You're right, Pete. It does give you a lot of confidence in your techniques, and uh, you know, you if you know you've accomplished something, you know. Yeah. But as far as like, do you need it for training? Eh, probably not, in my opinion. But then, what do I know? Well. We probably would have never done it a few years ago if it hadn't been part of our test. Yeah. Uh, well, personally, you know, um, I I had, didn't see any kind of relevance in it um, at the time. Um, yeah, it did it did help boost my confidence after I was able to to break two three boards, but um, you know, I know there are some styles that just relish in that, and um, luckily our style wasn't one until. Uh, was part of a test, um, which, uh, you know, like, uh, really didn't have to uh, uh, materialize when the test came, but... Uh, <laughs> but even even though it was part of a test, it it was only part of a test. It, it There are schools, like like you said, Marie, there are schools that em emphasize it to a certain extent. And for us, it wasn't even, you know, it was just one one thing of many that had to be done for, for testing. Now, you, you know, you can look at the extreme martial artists, too, you know. <clears throat> and uh, on ESPN, you'll see the uh, Paul Mitchell World Open or something, where they'll have guys breaking, you know, these these huge stacks of ice and, you know, boards and bricks and, and all this stuff. And it makes for a hell of a demo, you know. And to the layman, you know, that that can be very, very impressive. Well, I mean, it, it's impressive to me, yeah. too. You know, but uh, is it necessary? Is that do you need that to uh, to do you need do you need to know how to break uh, bricks in order to defend yourself? And I say no. And, I agree. And, and and to a certain extent, although it looks impressive, I mean, seeing somebody I, I watch somebody break an arrow, um, seeing seeing that type of thing, knowing knowing some of the physics of it i mean we know when we break boards we, there's a certain way to hit it uh, there there's there's physics involved it's not as difficult as it looks um i don't think anybody listening to this podcast is surprised to hear that and you know it's it's not a hard thing to do to to break a board um maybe when you get up in in numbers of boards it gets more difficult and while that what you see on espn looks fancy and everything Sometimes I wonder what they are like in the other aspects of the art. The, the, the people breaking the boards are are their katas strong? Um, do they know the ba you know are are their basic moves strong? Are their blocks and their their taisabaki well developed? Mm -hmm. 
Well, you know, breaking is another, that's a good topic for another podcast. And someone who would be a good guest for that, if he's listening, would be uh, Sensei uh, Scott Hurton, who's, uh, he's, he has quite a reputation in, uh, in, the, in Kyoshi's Dojo. Uh, for for breaking, he teaches. You know, he gives seminars on breaking, and I think he'd be a good uh, he'd be a good resource to to use. And maybe during winter camp, we can you know encourage him to join us for a podcast on on breaking. I think that would be uh, that would be interesting. I have a lot of questions for for him. Uh, you know, because I know my breaking technique could definitely improve. Uh, but I'd like to know, like, if he's broken, uh, you know, bricks or or what. I know a little bit about breaking. There's there's an art to it to be sure. But, you know, there are some tricks of the trade, so to speak, and, you know, uh, Sensei Scott probably uh, would be able to enlighten us quite a bit. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. well, we kind of morphed into, away from, you know, uh, uh, conditioning, although I think this is still under the general rubric of conditioning. Uh, yeah, yeah. But uh, that, that's a good topic for, uh, for another podcast. So, uh, in conclusion, I think for a change, we're all kind of in agreement that, there should be some, maybe some calisthenics or some kind of conditioning initially as a as a good warm up, but generally the the martial artist should get most of their conditioning outside of class and while in class they can do some conditioning through kata and and bag work and what have you. Is that right? Yeah, I agree. Uh, one thing I'd I'd like to say, um, we probably I don't know if we should say this in every in every podcast, but. When we talk, and and earlier Gene said he he didn't have know anything. He didn't know a lot of, about about all the subjects. Um, Marie has Marie and I each have about ten years experience in the martial arts, or eleven. And you have how many, Gene? I've lost count. Okay, <laughs> but more than us, anyways. And and what we talk from is just our experience in the arts and what we've observed and. We think that we have something to offer to the arts, and and once again, um, you may differ. Your opinion may differ differ from ours, and if it does, um, tell us so and tell us why. You know, everybody has an opinion, and everybody's obligated. Well, not obligated, but everyone should should share it, and and uh, it makes the community richer. Yeah, yeah. We are we not to experts. Hear from we have a, our own opinions. That's true, Marie. That's true. <laughs> However misguided they may be, no, we've got good teachers. We're we got very good teachers, and and uh, and we're learning some good stuff. But you know, there are other good teachers out there and good students. And and if you happen to be one of them, and and hear our rambling on here, uh, by all means, post on our forum at www.karatecafe.com, or send us an email at karatecafe at gmail.com. And we'd love to hear from you. And uh, maybe, you know, uh, who knows, you'll, maybe you'll join us on a podcast someday. Sounds good. Okay. So, anyway, uh, I guess that's it. We've exhausted this topic for tonight. So, hopefully, uh, we'll get in another podcast. Uh, it won't be this Sunday, right, Pete? It'll be uh, no, Sunday. I, yeah. Skip. It's Christmas. Yeah, we're going to so. skip Christmas. Um, <laughs> we're not going to skip Christmas. Well, we're not going to skip. We're going to skip podcasting at Christmas. I thought maybe we'd do one New Year's Eve. If if we're all together somewhere, maybe I'll bring some some uh, portable equipment and we can <laughs> we can do one. That would be fun. <laughs> um, actually, I have some ideas, Gene. We'll talk after. <laughs> okay. All right. Well, um, I, I guess that's all we got for tonight, everybody. So thank you for listening. Uh, my name is Gene Myers. 
Pete Shambo. And I'm Marie Shambo. Night. And thanks, thanks again for listening. Yeah, good night. <laughs>